An absolutely huge game for Drew Locke and the Broncos. We're going to break it all down here in a second. But first, I want to tell you about our friends over at Strava Craft Coffee. You can now subscribe to Strava Craft Coffee and save 20% off every time without even needing to put in your credit card info. You get some of that rich, tasty CBD-infused coffee that has really changed life for people. If you have chronic headaches, you know, uh, chronic aches, chronic pains, whatever it is, you got to try out the CBD-infused coffee to see if it can help with that. It'll give you that boost you need in, a mor- in the morning, or uh, as the Nuggets guys like to say, it'll have you honking like a goose, but it'll also help you out in many other ways without giving you that coffee buzz that, you know, sometimes gets a little uncomfortable. So check out Strava Craft Coffee. Get your 20% off by subscribing. You can have it delivered to your door every two, three, four, six, or eight weeks. Or if you just want to try it out for the first time, then you can use the code DNVR20 to check it out. Check out Strava Craft Coffee today. Welcome in to the DNVR Broncos podcast, a winner's edition of the DNVR Broncos podcast. And there were several scenarios that were good for the Broncos today. There was one scenario that you couldn't have, and the Broncos avoided that one. They got one of the two best scenarios, which was and probably the best scenario. Drew Locke plays fantastic. Broncos win That is the best case scenario for the Broncos for all four of the remaining games as they try to find, you know, their their quarterback of the future. Uh, And Drew Locke today absolutely looked like a guy who can be, could potentially be the Broncos quarterback of the future. Four touchdowns, zero interceptions, accurate all day, made big plays. He could have he could not have done more today for the Broncos, Zach, and uh, you got to be happy for him after how things have gone for him thus far. Ryan, what a game for Drew Locke. Blue expectations out of the water today. Over 75% completion, four touchdowns. Not one, not two, not three, four touchdowns, a near 150 passer rating. And man, maybe on top of that, the most important and impressive thing that Drew did today No interceptions, did not turn the ball over a single time. I mean, he didn't just check every box that we needed. He just blew up what the expectations were. A huge start for him for the final four games of this season. He put himself in great position to finish the season strong, which is exactly what he needs to do. Couldn't have been a better game from Drew. Yeah, uh, you know, the one thing I guess you can have as a knock on him is the fumble. Uh, you obviously don't want to have that. He was not turnover list, although that was a uh, one hell of a breakdown on the right side of that offensive line. He didn't have much of a chance. You want to see him protect the ball in that scenario, but not a reckless play by Drew Locke by any stretch of the mind. And a 149.5 
passer rating. Uh, I don't know how much you guys know about passer rating. That's just a few points short of a perfect passer rating for Drew Locke. 158.3 is the best you can do. Uh, He just falls just a few points short of a perfect passer rating. 21 of 27. I mean, you could go through this and everything you would have wanted from Drew, he did. He took the safe plays when they were there. He took the big plays when they were there. A 49-yard touchdown pass to K.J. Hamler that really sealed the game, although it almost didn't because the Broncos' defense gave up a touchdown in 28 seconds, which is mind-boggling. Um, and I, you just you love to see it. Uh, t- like I said, took the easy stuff when it was there, got the ball moving. Didn't you know? He used his own uh, analogy there. You can't go broke making a profit. He made plenty of profits. Hats off to Pat Shermer as well in this game, who schemed Drew Locke into this game. And, you know, we talked so much about getting a quarterback into a rhythm. And Drew starts, you know, 8 of 11. And and we're in the group text. And I think it was Mace who said, well, yeah, this is, you know, they're just protecting Drew from himself with this game plan. Well, they got Drew feeling it. And when Drew's feeling it, he started seeing things more clearly. Then he hits a deep one to Judy. Then he hits a deep one to Hamler for a touchdown. Uh, and you just saw him get into his, you know, really – get into his own and start to feel that Drew Locke swagger that we know and love. So uh, just all around from the Broncos offense, from Natani Muti, from Calvin Anderson. We're not saying his name in a negative light after that game. From Elijah Wilkinson, who, yes, he did have a breakdown, but all around pretty darn good game. Uh, just hats off to everyone uh, because it finally came together for them today. Drew did everything asked of him and props to Pat Shermer because it seemed like all game he was just calling the right place for the most part uh, until the end when it got a little dicey. But Ryan, the Broncos offense didn't have their first three and out until the very last drive when, of course, it seemed like things were going to go haywire in the wrong way. But the Broncos defense able to step up uh, in, in a good way and hold that off for them. But That's pretty incredible that the Broncos offense didn't have a three and out until late in the fourth quarter. And at the beginning of the game, Pat Sherman did a good job of getting Drew into the rhythm, but Drew did a very good job of taking what the defense gave him. He didn't force things. He could have easily done what he did against Casey. And instead of hitting a check down, try to hit Choi Fumagalli deep down the field and throw a pick, that would have been a nightmare. But he did not make that mistake for a third straight game because, of course, he did – He did that against the Dolphins as well. He took what was given to him, and when it was given to him later in the game, the big play, he took that and ran with it. This is exactly what you want to see from Pat Shermer. It's what you want to see from Drew Locke. This was the ideal offensive game plan because we don't need Drew Locke to be hitting 50-yard passes every single drive. We also don't need Drew Locke to just be hitting checkdowns. We need to see a combination of that, and today it was perfect. Absolutely perfect. Uh, and you just you got to feel good for everyone involved over there because they've been under harsh criticism. And today they finally kind of had it all click, had it all go together, starting with Drew Locke, Pat Shermer, all these guys. You know, you're happy for them. Uh, Nick Van Ed even is a guy I'm happy for after that game because he's been criticized. And I thought he had his best game as a Bronco. So before we go too much farther, I want to go give a shout out to our presenting sponsor, MSU Denver. I was so excited to talk about this. I skipped right over them. So MSU Denver, of course, the presenting sponsor of the DNVR Broncos podcast. Now is the time to apply and register for classes. 
because spring semester starts January 19th. So head over to msudenver.edu slash online to check out all they have to offer. We're talking 750 total classes. Whatever you're looking to further your education, msudenver.edu slash online is the place to start. Uh, and you can do it while, for, while uh, not only just furthering your education and getting a degree, but MSU Denver students work twice as many hours as any other institution in Colorado. So uh, if you need to work full time, you need to get your education in, MSU Denver is the place. msudenver.edu slash online. Check them out. All right, Zach, let's move on uh, in the biggest takeaways here. Aside from Drew Locke, what was your biggest takeaway from this? K.J. Hamler, Mr. Big Play. Ryan, that's exactly why they got him. Now, we like K.J. Hamler's ability and route running uh, and, and, and just being a good wide receiver, but come on. The reason they got a sub-4-3 wide receiver in the second round was because of his big play ability, and boy, do we see it twice. K.J., two catches for 86 yards, two touchdowns. I mean, come on. What, what more can you ask? That is exactly why they got him. So, Props to Pat Shermer for unleashing KJ. Props to Drew Locke for finding him deep. And props to KJ. I mean, on that first touchdown that he had, I mean, both touchdowns, but really the first one, his speed. That, that's all he needs. He didn't even need to put a move uh, on the cornerback. He just runs right by him, and he's so fast that it makes him slip and fall all over the place. I loved seeing KJ Hamler get the opportunity to do what he does best, and that's just run by the defense and score touchdowns. Yeah, and it felt like there was a chemistry there between he and Drew Locke, uh, and that's exciting too. Drew saw him. Uh, honestly, even if the corner doesn't slip on that, I still think he's beat. I still think the throw's there, and that's a touchdown as well. Uh, and then, of course, on the second one, again, KJ gets himself wide open. Drew puts the ball right on him. Um, that's exciting, and this is crazy that all of this happened, Zach, in a game where they're down three starting offensive linemen, a game where uh, Noah Fant goes out right at the very beginning of the game. So you're talking about you're using TE three and four. Uh, you're talking about you're, you're down uh, three of your top five offensive linemen. You go out there and you have your best passing day uh, of the season uh, as a team. So a lot of guys stepped up today. Um, I think Jerry Judy will be a little bit happier. You know, it didn't feel like he only did cardio out there, but he wasn't as uh, uh, as involved as he could have been. But sometimes, as Von Miller said, you got to be the Steve Nash to the Dirk Nowitzki. And I think that he took up a lot of attention today, and that allowed K.J. Hamler to have those one-on-one -on -one matchups that he went out there and won. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not too sure K Jerry Judy's going to be too much happier seeing the second-round pick go out there and get the two touchdowns. Jerry Judy, a very modest day. Should only be. targeted Only targeted four times. Oh, I mean, come on, Ryan, though. A wide receiver is not happy with two catches, with three catches in two combined games in the past. Uh, 42 yards for Jerry Judy. Uh, you know, he had four targets in the last game. One catch, four targets ag again today. Obviously, he had more of an impact uh, today. But it was, it was Jerry Judy. It was the tight ends in this game. Not only Nick Vanette, who you mentioned, uh, who finished with four catches for 20 yards and a touchdown, but also Troy Fumagalli, who almost had a touchdown himself. Four catches, which was a team high. 53 yards, both Nick Vanette and Troy Fumagalli. Four catches, which was a team high for both of those guys. Drew Locke getting so many receivers involved. And I think that's a big credit to, of course, Drew but also a big credit to Pat Shermer for getting, for getting Drew Locke out on the move, having him see multiple parts of the field by design, having him read the field 
uh, by design on other times. Uh, and you really spread the ball out. Hey, you got Melvin Gordon involved in the passing game. He had three catches for 23 yards. You had Philip Lindsay involved in the passing game. Now, he wasn't a big impact, but he still had two catches. He had two catches coming into the game this, this year. So two catches for him. And then, of course, Jerry Judy, K.J. Hamler, Tim Patrick, uh, Deshaun Hamilton even had a catch. So the Broncos just did a great job of spreading the ball around in the passing game. Yeah, uh, absolutely. And again, you know, I think – Pat Shermer is starting to understand what a what a successful offense with Drew Locke looks like, uh, and I uh, I appreciate him for that because a lot of times you you get offensive coordinators who try to uh, fit a square peg into a round hole. Unfortunately for the Broncos, um, it took what ten weeks to figure that out that that's what they were trying to do, and and that's unfortunate, but. Pat Shermer, just like Drew Locke out here, you know, probably fighting for his job, although we think that, you know, continuity is going to be an important thing for this Broncos team, at least internally, that's what they believe. Um, So Pat Shermer, he made an adjustment uh, and he's calling a lot more of the things that worked for uh, Drew Locke and Rich Gangarello. In fact, the touchdown to Tim Patrick from Drew Locke is a play that they ran last season, except for it was a touchdown for Deontay Spencer uh, in that one. So uh, you know, looking at things that worked last year, involving it. And Pat Shermer also has worked with this type of offense before. You know, when Case Keenum had all that success before he came to Denver, remember, we were pounding the table saying, why aren't they running more play action for him? That's what worked for him in Minnesota. Well, who was calling those plays for him in Minnesota? That was Pat Shermer. So I think it's not, a hun- you know, it's unfair to Pat Shermer to say, oh, he's just calling the Scangarello offense. But he's realizing that that's the type of thing that worked for Drew Locke. I know how to call that type of offense. It's worked for me too. And uh, and that's the road I'm going to go down. Yeah, and Drew looked great because he wasn't forcing things on those bootlegs. You had tight ends in the flat, and that's why those tight ends ate today is because they were just right there in the flat, gave Drew an easy, easy check down. And you know what? Sometimes that's going to be very boring. Sometimes it's going to put up seven uh, points in, in the first half like it did today. But then when you keep doing that and you keep relying on that and you don't change from that, look what happens. You're able to put up, uh, you know, 20 points in the second half. You're able to have multiple scoring drives in the second half. And that's exactly what Drew Locke and the Broncos offense did today. And the running game also complemented it very well. You know, for the most part, Pat Shermer was calling good plays and a good balance because you can't be having Drew Locke come off play action if there's no threat of a running game. And today it was Melvin Gordon again who held that end down for the Broncos. Another big game for Melvin. He's clearly been the Broncos' best running back these past couple of games, which has really helped Drew. I mean, we've heard it all week from Drew Locke to Pat Shermer to Vic Fangio saying that a running game is a a young quarterback's best friend. And especially when we're talking about getting Drew Locke out on the move, you can't do that if there's no threat of a running game. So props to Melvin Gordon, props to this offensive line with 60% new starters today. And it's not like they planned this for a week, Ryan. No, this happened this morning where they decided, okay, Elijah Wilkinson is going to start at right tackle, Natani Muti, right guard, and then Calvin Anderson at left tackle. The Broncos went the, the experimental route. Let's see what we have route. And you know what? It looked pretty darn good in what they have. Yeah, it felt like a full-on youth movement on the offensive line, especially because, you know, we keep talking about how they didn't have three of five starters. Well, as far as I'm as far as I know, DeMar Dotson was by choice. That was a coach's decision uh for him not to play. Is that correct, Zach? 
Yes, it is. It is. So it was really only they lost two starters because in their mind, uh, Elijah Wilkinson was the starter today. And like I said, I only remember one bad play from him. So hats, hat goes off. And I'm sure there were some in the run game because they weren't that successful on the ground as they could have been. But hats off to all of those guys. And how about Natani Muti? Real quick, before we talk about that, I, I see a ton of you guys watching on YouTube. We'd love if you hit us with a thumbs up on YouTube. Hit us with a subscribe. Uh, and if you're feeling uh, extra generous, uh, click that little bell next to the subscribe and you'll get notifications anytime we go live. Ding, uh, ding, ding, ding. Exactly. And uh, ding, 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 ding might be what you're saying about the Broncos pick of Natani Muti. Um, 52 out there. Got to get him a better number, in my opinion. But that's a, a, a bridge we can cross at a later date for his first NFL start, Zach. We talk about how you got to give offensive linemen time uh, to develop. And if he gave up two sacks today, I'd still be saying that right now. Uh, and had two holdings, too. I'd still be saying that right now. Um, and he and he didn't. Uh, he went out there and played a really good game, had some nice pull blocks, held up in pass protection. He was on the side of the line that completely melted down uh, on the Drew Lock sack strip fumble. I don't know whose fault that was, uh, and we might never know. Uh, we'll probably have a better idea when we look at the All-22 tape. But uh, either way, uh, a really, really impressive start for this young kid. And we talked about this on the tailgate this morning. If he's a hit, it completely changes the future for the offensive line for the Broncos. Yeah, it, it certainly does. That Then you have a, a ton of riches on the offensive line, and you actually have great depth, and then you can play around. Uh, you know, Lloyd Cushenberry maybe struggled uh, on that sack, that strip sack on, on Drew Locke. It seemed like maybe he had the wrong read on there, or it could have just been a, a, a young misunderstanding between he and Muti. But, man, if he hits, then you can – Maybe think about sliding Graham Glasgow to center if Lloyd Cushenberry struggles continue, although the Broncos are very, very optimistic on the way Lloyd Cushenberry is trending right now. Then you could legitimately have three good pieces at starting, and then you have another quality guy uh, at depth in the interior of the offensive line. Absolutely huge. I mean, you got a first or second round talent in Natani Moody. You got him late in the draft because of injury concerns. The Broncos did not rush him. They did not force him this season. And man, right now, after one game for Moody, it looks like it was a really, really good pick. And so, Ryan, I mean, th this may be a little early for this, but what do you do? Do you take Natani Moody off the field th the rest of the season if Graham Glasgow is healthy? I mean, what do you do? This is this is the great question. And honestly, the Broncos got to this uh, point in the season where they had to evaluate what they had. And that stinks, man. It stinks to be there, to be out of the playoff push realistically, but to be here. But look look what they're finding out. They're actually finding out good things about their depth right now. Yeah, and and you love to see that happen. Um, I don't know what uh, what a great problem to have. Now, unfortunately, it's not as good of a great problem to have as it could be because Graham Glasgow hasn't played that great. Uh, and that's the answer to that question for me is Natani Muti plays because he's younger than Graham Glasgow and he played better than Graham Glasgow has played. Uh, so if it's just a question of does he play or not, uh, talking about Glasgow, the answer is no. Now, what I think is you can start to um, try some experiments. And I have been anti this uh, since the day that that uh, Dalton Reisner arrived at Denver Broncos headquarters. Don't jerk him around. Unfortunately, in this scheme, 
Dalton Reisner has not looked as good at left guard as he did on, in Rich Gangarello's scheme. And with the rest of these rest of this season being a bit of a tester period, I am open. I'm open. I'm not saying they should do it, but if they wanted to do it, I wouldn't mind seeing uh, what Dalton Reisner looked like at right tackle. Now, again, is it fair to him? I don't know. Uh, but we're talking about an all-conference player at right tackle. All Big 12 right tackle, Dalton Reisner. It might be worth rolling the dice uh, because that's your other big hole on the offensive line. That's the biggest problem you've had in the last five years on the offensive line is right tackle. As much as Garrett Bowles' holds have frustrated everyone, the, the play consistently across him on the other side has been worse. So I don't know. Do you try out Dalton Reisner at right Natani, uh, right tackle, Natani Muti right guard, Lloyd Cushenberry center, Graham Glasgow left guard, uh, and then uh, Garrett Bowles left tackle? What do you think? I mean, right now you just put Elijah Wilkinson out there at right tackle. You put a guy, Natani Muti, starting his first career game at right guard, and you're trying Calvin Anderson at left tackle. Ryan, you're trying everything is what I mean right now. So absolutely, you do that. Uh, and and you know what? Maybe also change center around. Now, I don't think the Broncos will mess with center just because, they again, they like the way Lloyd Cushenberry is progressing. But th- these are things that that you now should do. Because you have a big question at right tackle next year. You're going to be paying uh, Juwan James big-time money regardless on if he's on the team or not. So you know you're not going to go first-round right tackle next year, but you kind of need to know what the future is. What if it could be Dalton Reisner and Natani Muti's your left guard? Holy cow, that just solves your offensive line for a long time. And that would be huge for the Broncos. So yeah, I mean, you you do keep trying to experiment with things. I like that the Broncos weren't afraid to do that because you know what? They could have gone with the very, very veteran DeMar Dotson at left tackle. They could have gone with him at right tackle today. They could have gone with Austin Schlotman at right guard like it was looking. You know what? No one really would have been blaming the Broncos for doing that. They would have said, you know, they're trying to get a fair evaluation of Drew Locke give him the best chance to succeed. And they know what they have in these guys, but they said, no, I like how the Bronco, I love how the Broncos are looking toward the future now. Cause that's what this is about, Ryan. It's about, you know, it, throwing these guys out there is, is the future bright for this team or is it, you know, you're going to lose and get a top pick. Well, today it certainly looked bright. Zach, what is it with Drew Locke and patchwork offensive lines that just seems to work? Say that again, Ryan. I lost you. I said, what is it with Drew Locke and patchwork offensive lines that just seems to work? Man, you know what? Today, it, he he was great on the move. And Pat Shermer allowing him to get on the move. But then also, Drew Locke, when there was pressure in his face at times, he was able to move move around successfully, whether he, he was running and sliding awkwardly like he's used to, need to work on that, or whether he was running and throwing on the move well. Uh, he's very good at that. So Patrick offensive line, he can work with. Pretty impressive. Uh, and you're right, Drew getting out of the pocket today and making plays out there uh, was another one of those things that you just wanted to see from him, and you haven't seen it. He did it all today, and that is why he is our Draft Kings king of the game 21 of 27 280 yards four touchdowns zero interceptions 149.5 passer rating uh he checked off all the boxes zach today on the on the uh on the tailgate my quote-unquote hot take of the day was that drew lock was going to outperform expectations today and that was voted by the listeners as the single hottest take on the panel uh and so 
Drew Locke went out and proved it actually wasn't a hot take at all. He he outperformed my expectations for him today, and, and I had high expectations. Uh, just a absolutely fantastic, uh, a fantastic performance from Drew Locke and, uh, and one to build on for these last four games. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. I mean, just a fantastic start. Ryan, we talked about expectations coming into this game, and we talked about how uh, – seven touchdowns to two interceptions to finish the season would be good and plus 60% completion. Well, what did he do today? He had over 75% completion, four touchdowns, no picks. So if he stays, if he stays the path, Ryan, we're talking about all he has to do the next three games is three touchdowns, two interceptions. Now, of course, our expectations are probably going up right now for, for Drew in the remaining four games because the best thing for the Broncos is to not have to bring in a hedge. And we said seven touchdowns, two interceptions. You're probably still bringing in a hedge, bringing in some more veteran, uh, maybe a Sam Darnold type, someone for him to compete with. Ryan, if he goes out four touchdowns, no picks, these final three games, you're rolling into 2021 thinking, okay, we, we don't really need a hedge. You know, let, let's instead get uh, just a good backup in here, not someone to compete with him. So th- this is a fantastic start. Really not not a start that anyone expected him to have uh, in this final quarter of the season. And, man, something about week 14. Week 14 was when he went to Houston, so another road game last year, and lit it up. Three touchdowns, one interceptions, 300 yards last year. Well, he tops that performance this year, not in the yards category and also not in the points category, but more touchdowns and fewer picks. And how about this? Uh, Chris Medina or Medina comments this, and he says that uh, Benjamin Albright just tweeted this stat out. Since the 0 for 6 with an interception start against Miami, Drew Locke 54 of 79, which is good enough for 68.3 completions, 701 yards, six touchdowns, two interceptions. Now, I would say, hey, you know, let's be careful about picking and choosing, but that's there's you're not you're you are taking out a time period, but everything since that time period ended has been linear. It's not like you're saying, okay, if you take out the 0 for 6 and then you take out the start in the next game, so but just add in the 6, uh, the 6 incompletions and one interception. You're talking about 54 of 85 for 701 yards, six touchdowns and three interceptions. You will take that. That works. That's good enough. Uh, so it's nice to see Drew Locke on an upward trajectory ever since that that rough start against Miami. Yeah, it, it certainly is. And, you know, Ryan, we said we need to see progress uh, from here on out from Drew Locke. This was, a, you know, we, we had baby, baby steps the past couple of games. This was obviously a massive, massive step for Drew Locke. And this just helps him. It gives him a little leeway, Ryan. We said he can't have an interception every single game down the stretch. Well, here's one game. Can he do it again? Because our realistic expectations were, okay, can he have two games with one interception, two games with no interceptions? That would be a huge positive step moving forward from what he's been at, having an interception every single game this year outside of today and outside of week one. A huge start for him, and and it gives him some leeway going into these final three games. So like we said, he's the DraftKings king of the game, and and we want to give a shout-out to DraftKings, where you can go and get a sign-up bonus up to $1,000 when you use the code DNVR. Uh, And not to mention that, you can get in on all of their incredible deals. Heck, today all you had to do was pick a Broncos quarterback to complete a pass, and you would have won $25 for betting $25. Uh, you know, sometimes they just like to give out a little bit of love. They did it last week. They did that with Lamar Jackson this week. So if you were just playing along 
uh, you could have won $55 this week for basically doing nothing. Uh, and that's just some of the fun stuff that you get when you join over at DraftKings Sportsbook. Again, use the code DNVR when you sign up at DraftKings Sportsbook. Get a sign-up bonus up to $1,000. Of course, you must be 21 or older, Colorado only. Bonus comprised of a first deposit bonus and a first bet match, each up to $500. Deposit bonus requires a 25X playthrough and restrictions do apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. And if you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. Ryan, how about Jerry Judy putting the Carolina Panthers defenders on skates today? Man, it really wanted, it really made me want to go skating and if you're looking for a place to skate, no better place than Breckenridge Brewery over at the farmhouse off Santa Fe. They have a fantastic ice rink set up. And it's only $3 if you bring your own skates, $6 if you want to rent skates. It's an awesome, they also have an awesome tubing hill there, which is free. So parents, it's a perfect thing to, I mean, maybe right now, Ryan, it's sunny, nice weather out here in Denver, a little chilly, but just bundle up. And for the rest of the afternoon, go let your kids skate. And you can drink some delicious Breck brews. And of course, today of all days is the time to celebrate with the Broncos country beer from Breck Brew. They are so, so delicious. And of course, they have so many of them. Uh, so make sure to check out Breck Brew. You can pick up Breck Brews at Costco, the grocery store. Of course, you can just check them out right at their farmhouse and skate for $3 as well. All right, Zach, we got to get to our helmet stickers portion. This is always a fun portion to hit after the Broncos win. And there's plenty of places to go. We're, Drew Locke already got king of the game, so he doesn't need a helmet sticker. He has a whole crown on his helmet. Um, so where are you starting? Who's your first helmet sticker going to? Mm, I'm going to start with Michael Ojemudia. Now, not, not, all, not a perfect game necessarily, but Ryan, I mean, how long did it take uh, the Panthers to finally start picking up some yards and these young cornerbacks on the Broncos? At one point in the game, you were down to Devontae Bosby and Michael Ojemudia uh, as the Broncos' only corners in this game. So you know what? I'm just going to give a double helmet sticker out. Bosby also with the game-winning PBU at the end there. So both of those guys, I think, really stepped up today in what were very tough circumstances. Man, you know, sometimes I feel like Broncos fans think that they're the only team that does this. You know, we hear a lot of complaints about throwing short of the sticks on third down. Come on, Teddy Bridgewater. That's throwing terrible. seven yards short of the sticks on fourth down and eight? You can't do it. You can't do it. <laughs> I mean, you literally would have been better off turning around and throwing the ball backwards as far as you could. I mean, at least Drew Locke at the end of that Kansas City game threw it past the first down marker uh, yeah. on fourth down when he threw the pick. At least he did that. Right. I mean, again, it's do or die. Uh, and I guess you could say, like, your bet, you can give your player a chance to break a tackle and make a play there. But even if he breaks that tackle, there's another Broncos defender waiting for him there. So uh, I couldn't, I couldn't believe uh, that he made that throw. But Devonte Bosby trailing uh, and didn't give him anywhere to go after that. Um, just really, really admirable work from the Broncos defense as a whole. You know, you give up 27 points, whatever. Uh, as from the start of the game. They had. It felt like they had the Panthers contained. Uh, they didn't give up very many long plays, which is something you worry about when you have some young corners in there. Of course, Robbie Anderson got his, which is something we kind of expected to happen uh, with the way that the Broncos were, you know, coming into this game from a cornerback position. The only real gripe I have with the defense as a whole is the 28-second scoring drive. I had to double check the stat, Zach. 
I couldn't believe that that was a real thing. Like, how does a team go on a full-scale scoring drive in 28 seconds? Yeah, that, that was brutal. That can't happen. And in the first three quarters, the defense was terrific. You do want to see a combination of execution and play calling be a little more aggressive in the fourth quarter. Now, they held on to the win, so you're not going to get on them. But, Ryan, you can't give up 17 points in a fourth quarter. Up until then, though, I mean, Teddy Bridgewater looked bad. Uh, there was no sign of a running game from the Carolina Panthers. And Matt Rule, I mean, Vic Fangio absolutely ruled him in, in this game up until the fourth quarter. Yeah, he put him on the mat. Um <laughs> Zach, my first uh, helmet sticker here is going to go to KJ Hamler. Um, it's so exciting to see what a player like that can add to your offense when used properly. Um, I'd like to see him get more touches. You know, I always say, like, look, this happened a lot in the Nuggets season. I'm like, Michael Porter Jr. can't finish the game three of three from three-point range. Like, that means he didn't shoot enough. He needs to shoot five more because at that point he's shooting 100%. And, you know, he, he's not going to come – if he misses the next five, he still had a good night uh, shooting the rock. So uh, that's how I feel about K.J. Hamler. Like, if he finished the game with two touchdowns on two touches, that means he needed to touch the ball more. But I'll, I'll set those gripes aside. That doesn't have to do with him. Uh, get, get him the rock. Good things will happen. I love seeing him go downfield. A lot of times, you know, those, those little quick guys – aren't downfield threats. You want to get them the ball with the ball in front of them um, because it's tough for them to win jump ball matchups, but you don't have to win jump ball matchups if you run right by everyone. Uh, and it's been working for Tyree Kill for a long time, even though he actually does win jump ball matchups. Uh, and that's what you drafted KJ Hamler to be. So really excited for him, excited for this offense uh, to start seeing him make more plays like that. Yeah, Ryan, I'm going to a unit that I don't know if we've given a game ball to this entire season. I'm going Deontay Spencer. Man, Godspeed was on the field in Carolina today. Boy, welcome back, Deontay, of course, on the COVID-19 list the past couple of games. And what does he do? A special teams touchdown? No way. I could not believe my eyes, Ryan, but he did it. And that wasn't just huge uh, because it was something that we'd never see in Denver. It was huge because those were the only points the Broncos had until under two minutes left in the first half. That is crazy to believe that then the Broncos went up and put up over 30 points the rest of the game, but huge because then it let the defense play aggressive in the first half. Uh, and without that, who knows if the Broncos win? So huge hat tip to Deontay Spencer. And man, Ryan, special teams can't just go right for the Broncos in the game. You have this, which you never have. And then you have Brandon McManus missed two extra points, which you also never have. We would have never, ever been sweating out the end of this game if, if Brandon McManus just makes his kicks. Um, you know, they he, he took two points off the board uh, by missing two extra points. But then you took another point off the board later because you chased the two points that he took off the board. So in the end, three points taken off the board uh, based on miss extra points uh, by Brandon McManus, really, or at least he's the root of that issue. And if not for that, you know, it would have been 28-20 when the Broncos had that drive that they really needed to put together a good drive, way more pressure than they should have been under. Uh, and yeah, could they have come back and tied the game and put it into overtime? Sure. But it was 25-20, which meant everyone was thinking the same thing, Zach. Oh, God. If they go three and out here and punt the ball back to them, they're going to lose this game. 
Yeah, exactly. And Ryan, you know who Brandon McManus blamed after the game for his struggles? Well, himself. He went oh, on Twitter. God. He went on Twitter and said, Brandon McManus sucked today. <laughs> and, you know, you can laugh about it now, Ryan, because it didn't matter at the very end of the game. But you're 100% right, man. Th this game isn't that close. Really never uh, never a nerve nerve wrecking game at the end if he's just if he just makes those. But the good thing is this isn't something that we talk about a couple of times uh, a year. No, this is something that you never talk about today. And of course, there's the tweet from the man himself, Brandon McManus. <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> yes, I like that one. <laughs> there we go. Nice and zoomed in. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, not great from Brandon McManus. Like you said, you laugh it off because you won. You say, well, those things happen. One out of a million. There was your one out of a million. Thankfully, it didn't cost you the game, and you move on. Uh, my next helmet sticker goes to the entire offensive line. Uh, just, I mean, everyone, when the news that about Garrett Bowles came down uh, this morning, changed how they were thinking about this. You know, I even considered uh, changing my pick when we did the graphic. I didn't. Uh, but I thought about it, and, you know, Vegas moved to the line a half point away from the Broncos. It just felt like, oh, God, here, you know, here we go. And then the news comes down that they're benching DeMar Dotson for Elijah Wilkinson, uh, and you're just thinking, like, what is going on? Graham Glasgow isn't playing, and all these guys just come out there, uh, and it's one sack for Drew Locke. It was a very costly sack, but one sack – of Drew Locke for 11 yards from a, a, an offensive line that was literally patched together this morning, that's that's deserving of a, of a helmet sticker themselves. It absolutely is. So I, I got to go beyond that and give a hat sticker, a visor sticker to uh, Mike Munchak for continuing to work his magic. And man, the Broncos can't let him go. Pay him whatever he needs. And I don't think the Broncos are going to let him go because he needs to stay to groom Natani Moody, to groom Lloyd Cushenberry, to groom these guys. So uh, a nice little hat sticker, maybe a glasses sticker. I don't know what we're calling them for the coaches. And then I'm going to give another one to another coach that had a big impact today. And I'm going to give one to Ed Donatel. Ryan, he got a game ball today, very deservingly. So who knows if the defense was so stellar in those first three quarters because Ed was back. Uh, but we certainly know that Vic Fangio loved having him back. And welcome back, Ed Donatel. Great to have him back. Uh, and he was up in the box, but hey, that, that seemed to be totally fine for Vic Fangio today. Yeah, might be worth uh, experimenting with going forward. I love the two neck stickers for the coaches. Just <laughs> stick them right on there. And uh, Wait, should we just call those like Kenyon Martin uh, lip yeah. tattoos? <laughs> yeah, or uh, Wilson Chandler neck babies. <laughs> yes, a neck baby for the coaches. <laughs> neck baby for the coaches. I love to hear it. Yeah, uh, instead of paying Mike Munchak, what you should do is go to wherever Mike Munchak's daughter works and give them a bunch of money to give to her to make sure she stays in Denver. And then also make sure that the that company gives Mike Munchak's grandson or granddaughter, who's also in Denver, a job for, for the next 50 years. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Keep Mike Munchak around at all costs. Uh, this isn't college. You can do things like that. <laughs> I think. I don't know. About, I don't know about NFL rules on like you know, bribery or anything like that. Um, but I think, I think it's safe uh, in a, you know, I like bending the rules for, uh, for your own enjoyment. Okay. Uh, my last helmet sticker here, man, a lot of different places you could go with this one, but uh, 
I got to go give it to a guy who has not been loved, not been given a lot of credit at all this year and deserves some today, and that's Nick Vanette. Um, he had to step into Noah Fant's role. He's nothing like Noah Fant. He's not as athletic. He's not as dynamic. Um, he's he's just not Noah Fant. And he went into Noah Fant's role and played a really nice game, got himself open in the end zone, uh, got himself open on third downs, uh, was in the spots where Drew Locke needed him to be, and I just felt like played a really smart and clean game. He didn't overextend himself trying to, you know, make crazy plays like Noah Fant. He just did the right things, was in the right spots, and made all the plays that were that came in front of him. Yes, he, he absolutely did. And Ryan, for my final helmet sticker, I'm going to go with the guy, and kind of like you prefaced with Nick Manette, has not got a lot of love this year, and that's Melvin Gordon. Uh, again, he he's having a really strong end to his season. I mean, w- with the court date tomorrow, this may have been the last game that he plays with a three-game suspension looming for him. Potentially, that could take effect uh, before the Broncos next game. We'll see on that. But man, he finished the season really strong if this was his last game. He combined for 90 yards from scrimmage today, 23 yards coming out of the backfield. Uh, love seeing getting him the ball on easy passes from Drew Locke for both of those guys because Melvin's good in space. And then on the ground, again, the best running back the Broncos had on the ground, averaged over five yards per carry today. Uh, and, and really, it seemed like he was getting the yards when you needed to. And Ryan, at the, at the end of the game, you had people saying, get the ball to Melvin Gordon, not Philip Lindsay, uh, when the Broncos were trying to run the clock out on that very last drive, backed up. Uh, he saved maybe a potential devastating play when Drew Locke, did, did Drew Locke just throw it off the back of Cushenberry's head or was it tipped first? Yeah, I mean, that 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 was a, a big play right there, one that's probably not going to be talked enough about. But uh, Melvin Gordon, he, he said from the beginning of the season up till the middle of the season, that he heats up right around the middle of the season, which I just always thought was interesting. Well, he stuck to his word. I mean, he he heated up uh, it, right around midseason and has, and has taken off since. So can the Broncos just pay him $4 million this year then? <laughs> Maybe they, they just gonna... say, you know what, wait, wait till October to take the field next year. Yeah, um, I guess they are going to save some money if he doesn't play the, the last three games of the season. Um, <clears throat> and that's a shame uh, because he did just kind of hit his stride here and um he was better than philip Lindsay today although they keep doing the same thing with philip Lindsay, where they just run him into stacked boxes like to see them get him out you know philip was off to a pretty good start to the game uh until they got too predictable with him on the field the other thing i'll say though is you can't give melvin gordon those carries when you're backed up on the five yard line late in the game like that why because he fumbles the ball uh, and Philip Lindsay never does. So even though Philip Lindsay got stacked backwards for four yards, he held on to the ball. He didn't turn the ball over. And uh, and in the end, you won the game, not because he didn't turn the ball over, but you you won the game. So you made the right decision in that time. He didn't turn the ball over. You were safe. Um, but yeah, Melvin deserves credit. And then the last one that I guess deserves a, a neck baby is uh, – is uh, Vic Fangio. Uh, we were hard, I was hard on him after the game last week. I felt like he didn't give his team the best chance to win. Well, he did today. He did a great job, made all the right decisions, even though I don't think he was forced with faced with too many tough ones. Um, and most importantly, he had that defense in a position to give the Broncos a chance to win despite being down their top three corners, you could argue. Yeah, Vic just seems to be able to put together pretty good defensive game plans with regardless of who's in there. Shelby Harris had another PB or batted pass at the line today. It's just, it's incredible. You know, a guy like Josie Jewell 
uh, who really everyone thought he was just a backup coming into this year, comes in and has just played extremely well. Alexander Johnson had some big tackles as well. So it doesn't matter who's on the field. Vic Fangio is able to scheme it up. All right, we got our guy Mace coming to us from the stadium out there in Charlotte. Let's bring in Mace. What's up, Mace? Hey, guys. How y'all doing? Hope my connection holds up. It's good. So far, so good. Uh, Mace, you know, let's just start here. Uh, give it to uh, give us your biggest takeaways. I mean, biggest takeaway is that Drew Locke ran a game plan that was tailored for him, tailored for what this offense was at this point, and he ran it very well. I mean, you had he mentioned it in the post game rest conference the short stuff, the stuff the tight ends set up some of the deep stuff, set up some of the deep shots. I mean, that's the sort of thing that you have to do uh, with him. And to his credit, he he ran it effectively, took advantage of the Panthers taking some chances on defense that I really don't think they were equipped to do. And you could see uh, you could see what happened when they did gamble, especially in coverage. Uh, you had a slew of wide-open pass-catching targets today. Tim Patrick was wide open. Jerry Judy was wide open. K.J. Hamler was getting wide open. So, I mean, I – you know, we talk about the helmet stickers. I don't know if you gave a helmet sticker to Pat Shermer, but I think that's where you start because he had a great game plan today. We gave out lots of coach helmet stickers, which we're yes. now calling neck babies. Uh, <laughs> but uh, we did not give one to Pat Shermer, but we did give a lot of credit to Pat Shermer because I thought mm -hmm. uh, he did a great job. It, it felt like he was on the same page with Drew Locke for the first time all year. Yeah, it absolutely felt like the offense was in sync and it was moving downhill for for most of the game. I mean, you can forgive some of the uh, the issues. I mean, it, it yeah, it wasn't great play calling in the shadow of their goalpost there uh, late when the Broncos had their only three and out of the day at the worst possible time. But uh, you got to look at the big picture, just like as you take a look at Drew Locke and uh, look at this game, you still have to look at the big picture of the of the broader sample size. I mean, we've seen now in week 14, both the last two years. We've seen the ceiling for Drew Locke. Now can we get to a point where the floor is a lot higher than it has been? I think we're going to get a decent indication on that in the next three weeks. Yeah, and speaking of Pat Shermer really quick, I think Drew Locke did a ton uh, for his case that he can be the guy next year. I do still think we need to see a couple of more games, but guys, I think the Broncos, Vic Fangio, and John Elway have seen enough from Pat Shermer to say you're coming back next year. Uh, and so I don't really see a scenario in which Pat Shermer is not back next year because the Broncos want continuity and need continuity on the offensive side of the ball more than anything else. So I think this, this was it for Pat. He, he can feel comfortable. Maybe he was renting this year. I think he can buy for another year in Denver. Uh, and I think kind of the same goes for Melvin Gordon, right? And I just touched on it uh, a minute ago, but this could have been the last game of his season. And if it was, I think he's finished the, his season strong enough where I don't see the Broncos trying to move on from him after this year. Well, one thing I'll say, everything you said about Pat Shermer could have been said at this exact same point last year about Rich Gangarello, and we know what happened. So I, I would like to think that they've seen enough and can have continuity, but they needed continuity last year. They ultimately decided to go in another, in another direction after the final three games. So uh, it, when you said that, I kind of – you couldn't see it under my mask, but I was kind of chuckling a little bit. I'm like, wow, because a lot of the same things we said or we're saying today, you could have said at the same point, same time last year. But with behind-the-scenes stuff, I think yeah. Vic Fangio is going to give every benefit of the doubt to Pat Shermer because he's clearly his guy, whereas – Rich Gangarello, I don't think the same things would have been said. Yeah, I I, I agree with both of you. Um, on on paper, you could say exactly what May said, 
knowing a little bit of more context, I think you see the Broncos uh, probably lean towards, you know, keeping Pat Shermer around. And honestly, depending on how you feel about John Elway's feelings about Drew Locke, I think you could end up saying the same thing. If John Elway was looking for a reason to want to roll with Drew Locke moving forward, Drew Locke might have given him that reason today. If if John Elway is looking for a reason for Drew Locke to prove to him, well, then it was just a step in the right direction. I'm not sure uh, exactly where John stands. I think it's the one thing that he's held really, really close to the vest. I I really don't know his feelings on Drew Locke at all. Um, But I think, you know, in the same sense, if it's all about continuity and you were saying, uh, you know, Drew, just give me a reason to believe that this can be this can work going forward. I think today was, you know, a, a very good reason why. Yeah, th- I mean, th- this is a ceiling really for any quarterback. Four touchdowns, no picks, 150 passer rating, uh, and 78% completion. That's, you know, that's not just a, a great ceiling for Drew Locke. That's a great ceiling for any quarterback, guys. And it comes on a day where Patrick Mahomes had not one, not two, but three interceptions. And, of course, we're not saying that he's better. But today, Drew Locke was better. And I'm sure the QBR will uh, reflect that when that comes out, um, which we haven't seen yet. But what I, I what I will say about QBR, I think I'm fairly safe in saying that this will be Drew Locke's highest QBR of the season, which will mean last three weeks, three highest QBRs of the season for Drew Locke. Uh, and I think that is a good sign for Drew Locke moving forward. Again, no, I don't think anyone is saying like, there it is. Drew Locke's the guy. Sign him up. Uh, he, you know, oh, there's, no, no, there's no people saying that. <laughs> yeah, there are people saying that. I, I, I'm, I, I'm, I'm not there. And I, I've seen no, too much. No one should be. Yeah. And I did. I, what I've said is he has to be otherworldly for me to consider not having Hedge next year. So, this was otherworldly games. If he stacks three more games like this, then I'm comfortable not even having a hedge. But at this point, I still want to see that backup be somebody that if Drew can't take the next steps, is somebody that can step in and guide his team. Because the rest of the roster, if healthy next year, that's a playoff team. Yeah, yeah. and I mean, we, we touched on the offensive line earlier, guys. Mm. But not only did you not have Garrett Bowles, uh, Dalton, or, or Graham Glasgow, but guys, you also lost uh, Noah Fant to illness, which makes it seems like that that was all tied to food poisoning potentially. Yeah, I know Brandon Cristal was suggesting it was something with the pizza. He actually uh, brought it up to Kareem Jackson, and Kareem said he hadn't heard about that. But then he said he always kind of gets his own food uh, uh, deliveries in there when they go on the road. So uh, whatever it was, it looks like it was the same thing. So what'll happen is Garrett, because of this day and age, they have to rule out COVID. So Garrett Bowles and Noah Fant will stay back tonight. Uh, they, they will be tested for COVID tomorrow. And assuming they test negative, if that's the case, then they will send a private plane to ferry them back to Denver tomorrow. Nice. Well, I hope, I hope they test negative and get that PJ. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> what a weird time we live in. Um, mm-hmm. But someone's got to tell Noah Fant and Garrett Bowles, you can't put regular gas in a Ferrari. <laughs> <laughs> pizza the night before a game nope can't be doing that uh, and von miller will tell them just as much uh so all right before we go too much further want to give a shout out to chevalier mortgage mike and virginia chevalier they're diehard broncos fans and they're also 
a husband-wife financial services team with over 15 years of experience. They're going to treat you like family, and they're going to get you in the best loan for your situation. Uh, they'll sit you down, give you a free consultation, and you'll get entered to win a DNVR shirt or hat of your choice when you just sign up. Um, but they'll sit you down, they'll talk it out with you, they'll talk about all of your financial goals, what you're planning, uh, what you're planning for in the future, and after that, come to terms on a loan that will work out best for you. So check them out at dnvrmortgage.com. Call them at 303-257-6578 uh, and uh, just see what they can do for you because uh, they're a really, really great team. That's Michael Chevalier, NMLS number 1931006 and Virginia Chevalier, NMLS number 1910631. Guys, Broncos just won. You're feeling good. No better way to celebrate than getting in on the action at WGT. And I believe there's still a few hours to get in on the ball is popping classic abandoned dunes right now. You can get in, get that win in the last couple of hours. But of course, you don't just have to win in order to win. All you need to do is participate in the ball is popping classic on WGT to have a chance to win with DNVR, win a prize, which we'll announce tomorrow. So what do you do? Well, go to dnvrgolf.com to download WGT Golf. Then go into the country club section and join DNVR4. That's DNVR4, uh, the, the number four next to it to get into our country club sections and then get in on the ball is popping classic abandoned dunes. Do that right now because you still have time to get in. What Once you're done, enter a screenshot into DNVR underscore sports on Twitter or at info at the DNVR.com and that will enter you into your chance to winning a prize with, with DNVR. So make sure to check out WGT Golf. It's my favorite golf app and it's tons of our community's favorite golf app as well. All right, Mace, what did we learn in the press conferences? Well, I mean, we talked a little bit about the food, trying to figure out what uh, what Noel Fant and, uh, and Garrett Bowles were, were, were missing time with. Um, just It was funny because I, I took a few notes. I don't know if we learned anything profound in this game from the press conference. I mean, we learned kind of more about uh, just the fact that they really kind of plan to go, to go short intermediate. They wanted to get a lot comfortable. They wanted to use uh, the short control passing to, to set up some, some deeper shots. Um, we, uh, I, I really, sorry, and you lost me. <laughs> we got you, Mace. We got All you. Right. Okay. Weird. Because I got the little, the little spinning wheel thing. So it was, it, it was, uh, was kind of focused on sort of the resolve of this win. And Vic Fangio pointed a lot to what this team has gone through, not just today, not just this week, but throughout the season and how it's and how it's persevered and how it's stuck through. And I think uh, that's kind of the thing that you come back to from a team perspective is uh, that through everything, through all the guys that they've lost, they haven't they haven't lost their energy, they haven't lost their effort, and uh, uh, Vic Fangio probably won't give himself credit for that. He will uh, give his players credit for that. But I would also I would put a lot of that on Vic Fangio because uh, this this team had every opportunity to just fold its tent, fold, fold up its tent, you know, and tank and and move on. And without so many guys, with they they continue to play hard. And in some, you know, until the until the secondary broke down there at the end. And that's something that I think is a concern for next week, but we'll talk about that later. Enjoy the win for now until they broke down at the end. Uh, you know, the guy that the, I thought this was the best three phase game of the season. 
Yeah, without a doubt. And I think last week uh, was the game that solidified Vic Fangio was coming back. Obviously, it was trending that way, but that was the game that said, okay, right in Vic in Sharpie. Vic Fangio is the head coach of the 2021 Broncos, not just because of the way his defense played against the Chiefs, especially in the red zone, but how the players came out and played for him. And they did that again today. They played for him on the offensive, defense, and special team side. And so I think last week, was the game where you write Vic Fangio in Sharpie. This week, personally, for me, is the game that you write Pat Shermer in Sharpie. And maybe we'll go down the list one more next week. And maybe Drew Locke has a similar performance as he did today, next week. And then you'll be saying, okay, probably time to write Drew Locke's name in Sharpie if he goes mm-hmm. out again and has you know 78% completion, four touchdowns, no picks. And, and you get the win over the Buffalo Bills next week. Well, it's funny. I didn't think you were going to say Drew Locke, and for me, I got to see. I got to see more over the next three weeks. I'm not putting Drew Locke and Sharpie before the end of week 17, and he's got to stack some really good games together. I thought you were going to say Tom McMahon is putting his name in Sharpie because his special teams delivered on the Deontay Spencer return. Of course, I see RK shaking his head. No, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. no I, I, I'm, I'm kind of with where I am with Drew on Tom. I, I don't think that, that Drew's going to be able uh, to put another career performance mm. uh, together next week. So I think we're probably going to need the, the last three games to, in order to do that for Drew. And we're going to need that from Tom McMahon as well because – was yeah. today's performance really good? Not not just the touchdown that Deontay Spencer had, but you also had some good fair catches by Deontay Spencer, making his making his head coach look good. Uh, but this one game to me doesn't wipe away the rest of the season uh, for for Drew or Tom McMahon. Yeah, yeah. I, I, that's that's why I the one thing I'm worried about, guys, if Drew Locke does play well the next three games, I am worried about the whole thing that maybe he is that in, in baseball the guy that's called up in September and delivers in low leverage situations, but then you get to the start of another year when you're on even footing and then, and then fades back. That's why, I mean, it would take an awful lot for me to sit here and say, they shouldn't at least have a Ryan Fitzpatrick like Hedge on the roster. I mean, to, to be honest, Mace, you should always have a Ryan Fitzpatrick on your roster if you can, in my opinion, uh, because as we know, uh, what is it? 75% of NFL teams last year had to turn to their backup at some point. So Having a good backup is, in my opinion, not an indictment of your starter. It's a endorsement of your football team that if you're good enough, you want to be able to stay afloat And if you don't have your starting quarterback. Now, that could be Drew Locke uh, faltering and, and needing to be replaced. It could be Drew Locke getting banged up as he has had happen to him a couple times this year. But, you know, I don't think like I'm not hoping that Drew Locke plays so well that the Broncos don't want to make their quarterback room better in the offseason because good teams have good quarterback rooms. But they might because last year you, they went into the offseason and uh, there were some decent backup possibilities available. They said they decided Jeff Driscoll was the guy. So that's why I'm a little uh, bit nervous about what they may choose in that regard. Hey, Jeff Driscoll active. To, oh, no, he was on. He's still on the COVID. Never mind. Pardon me. Mm, tough, tough, tough for uh, Jeff Driscoll. Uh, any other uh, things from any quotes, any interesting things that we needed to touch on? Uh, not really. No, not off top. Again, not off top of my head. I haven't had a chance to review them though. So <laughs> anything, yeah. anything spicy from drew was he, uh, was it the team against the world, uh, mm. after that, the offense against the world, or was it a different approach? Because when they beat the, the, the chargers, that was his approach. You know, drew was kind of, uh, 
he took a while to get warmed up. He was when he uh, got the first question from Ryan O'Halloran of the Denver Post. He was kind of uh, he, he was kind of sed- a little bit sedate, I would say, not sedated, but sedate. He was reserved compared to what we're used to seeing from Drew Locke after some big wins. Interesting. Did you was it like a Philip Lindsay type of like ah oh, the media never believes in us so like why am I going to be in a great mood when I talk to him type of thing? No, I don't think so. I think it was I, I think maybe uh it was he kind of took stock of uh, things he said and how he's and how he's been perceived and maybe uh, uh didn't want to kind of uh, get be as high after the wins. Maybe he's opting for a more even keeled approach which would be a health thing and a sign of a uh, maturation. I was going to say are you telling me that young players can mature? Yeah, something, huh? That is unbelievable. I I had no clue. Uh, Zach, any hot takes you want to rip off before we get out of here? Man, uh, it's like you're teeing me up for something right now. Uh, like the ball is popping classic on WGT. Hey. Uh, it, it, you know what? This, this offense just continues to show uh, signs of what it could be. And, I mean, it, you think about what it could be with Cortland Sutton. When Jerry Judy gets hot and K.J. Hamler, guys, I mean, the hot take right now is that K.J. Hamler – was the best receiver the Broncos drafted. Oh, there it is. <laughs> That's spicy. Uh, hopefully that, that that there's a debate for that for a long time uh, because it means that KJ Hamler was one hell of a hit, hopefully, and that Jerry Judy also hit. Um, Jerry Judy took away a lot of uh, attention from KJ Hamler today, which allowed him to go off. I hope that Jerry is happy for his teammate uh, and can take that momentum into the next week where hopefully so- KJ takes some of the uh, attention away as a threat and opens up some things for Jerry. I mean, re- really quick, guys, we I, I have to give credit to Jerry Judy for, for running down that, uh, that sack fumble. He was the one that saved that initially. And so, I mean, that was great hustle. And I got to say, right after that happened, I was thinking, man, Jerry's getting his conditioning. (laughs) I thought the exact same thing. It also reminded me of a play that uh, Cortland Sutton I had. I think it was his rookie year in New York where he ran down, uh, you know, that uh, even longer. I think he ran like 90 yards uh, to go track down um, a turnover that was going to go for a touchdown. And I just remember thinking like, those are the guys you want to have on your team. So, You know, Jerry Judy got knocked this week for not being a team player. That was a team play, uh, which you do love to see. And and it helped, you know, and and that'll, I think that'll go a long way for him. So hopefully, again, like I said, next week, KJ takes some of the attention for him and he learns to, you know, sort of appreciate that back back and forth dynamic. Um, But I think for now, that's going to wrap it up for us on the DNVR Broncos postgame show presented by Breckenridge Brewery. And we also want to give a shout out to Green Mountain Dental Group. The best damn family-owned dentist group in the metro area. Uh, they are DNVR supporters. They are diehard Colorado sports fans, and they're going to treat you like family when you go down there. So no better place to go when uh, you need some dental work done than Green Mountain Dental Group just outside of Denver and Lakewood. Check them out. And again, hit us with a thumbs up if you enjoyed uh, the show. We appreciate all of those. We appreciate if you subscribe to us on YouTube. And uh, and hopefully this was the beginning of uh, something good for Drew Locke and this Bronco, Broncos offense. We'll be talking all about it again tomorrow morning. Uh, so follow us with the DNVR Broncos podcast. Thank you all for tuning in.